afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Wednesday, May 4th, 2022, and this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. And we encourage you to check out the websites, yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R, D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, and our sister site, yourdiywealth.com, and both of those are .coms, obviously. And uh, while you're on the wealth site, be sure and hit the Hyperverse tab and watch the videos there that shows you how you can take advantage of the crypto industry without worrying about market volatility, how you can capitalize on the next mega trend that's going to be greater than the internet and mobile phone revolutions combined, and how you can become a part of the dynamic hyper community and experience the incredible benefits of membership. Check those things out. If you have any questions, hit the Contact Me button. gives you the option to call and leave a message or sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours. And again, uh, the email directly is jim at yourdiyhealth.com. That's J-I-M at Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. And uh, that bypasses the hassle of, you know, sometimes the uh, online form... Uh, doesn't work until the second time you try it and it's kind of a strange thing but anyway uh, for those that are listening jim at yourdiyhealth.com is the email address you can use to get directly to me and that works pretty much every time although things have been kind of funky with it lately too <laughs> anyway just got back from my um, retirees breakfast slash lunch and uh, you know it's interesting you know, the, our numbers are getting smaller and smaller as the vaccinated people tend to start dying off. Um, and a couple of the guys that used to attend our, our lunches and breakfasts have now gone on to the happy hunting grounds because they were silly enough to take the uh, Fauci flu shots. And, uh, and a couple others who didn't live close enough to join us uh, have also joined those ranks. And then yet another one has developed stomach cancer. And uh, hopefully, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but, uh, you know, it was interesting uh, the listening to all the folks there talking about all their health issues and, you know, whether or not insurance will cover this. And there are, you know, five or six or seven thousand dollar injections and all this other junk. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm the only one at this table, <laughs> regardless of age, who doesn't take any drugs at all. And uh, I started talking to a couple of folks about, you know, how we got into this situation with the Flexner report in the early 1900s and all that good stuff. And one lady was just riveted, especially the one across the table says, well, you take high blood pressure and statins. And I said, well, you can stop the statins because nobody should take those unless you want to have Alzheimer's and sexual dysfunction and that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that kind of got their eyebrows up, but, uh, then, of course, one of the guys who's usually there has had about uh, the last two months of kidney stones. 
So I said, yeah, you know, that's what happens when you deal with doctors and the idiots will tell you to stay off of uh, anything dairy and anything else that has calcium because you have to avoid calcium because you've got too much and this is why you have kidney stones, which is total BS. And I, you know, start telling them that and they're like, really? I said, yeah. I said, there's this little thing out there called the organic tincture of, or, or tincture of organic corn silk that will dissolve those little puppies and uh and then you just get on a good calcium supplement along with the other 90s and uh you know pretty much solve your problem and i'm just looking through here through i don't know if um i don't think kidney stones was included in the best of dead doctors don't lie unfortunately uh Let's see here. But now... Hey, Robert. Good morning. Yeah, just jump right in there. <laughs> jump right in, buddy. Damn right. Don't raise your hand. Now, now, kidney stones are made of calcium, are they not? Calcium deposits build yeah. up. Yeah. But what happens is when you are experiencing raging osteoporosis, mm. the th uh, parathyroid gland reduces or uh, puts out a hormone called parathormone. And it's, it leaches calcium out of the bones to try and stabilize things. And that calcium ends up in the kidneys and solidifies into kidney stones. And mm. the doctors are seeing elevated calcium levels in the blood. And they think that, oh, you have too much calcium. When in fact, if you had enough calcium, that stuff wouldn't be there it would be mm. normalized and it would be just fine. But when you have mm. osteoporosis, you don't have enough calcium, then the parathormone kicks in, brings more calcium out of the bones into the bloodstream, and that's what they're seeing when, when they're doing checks and at the same time you've got kidney stones. So they're, mm. Mm. They're, they're assuming that the firemen at the fire are causing the fire. Start the fire because <laughs> they're always there. I was yeah. about to say that. Yeah. So that's yeah. basically Damn what's going fires. on. And um, they basically are, you know, looking at it from the wrong way, as usual. And they tell you to avoid calcium like the plague, when in fact mm. you don't have anywhere near as much as you should have, which is what's causing the problem to start with. Mm. And Wallach and Glenn and... do a much better job of explaining it than I do, um, but I just uh, don't have access to their... I, you know, I, like I said, I just sat down in the chair a few minutes ago after driving a half an hour from where I was having my lunch, and uh, it hey, just Jim. came to my mind. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah, Jim, this is Bob in Florida. Hey, Bob. Good to hear you from you. You may or may not recall, we talked, uh, yeah, we may or, you may or may not recall, we talked a couple of years ago, as mm -hmm. this you're talking about, where, in fact, they're made of that, but not having enough of it is the problem and yep. it's so counterintuitive um if you have time for a short story I go right ahead my my wife had what she perceived this would have been back in like 08 mm -hmm. what she perceived as uh, acid reflux right and you know i was not one to judge i mean she was having terrible problems she couldn't hardly sleep so did this did that did the other and nothing seemed to help and so booked a uh, 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 appointment with a gastroenterologist. Mm -hmm. And they dropped a pH meter down through her nose into the joint between the uh, 
what is that? The ileocecal valve, the uh, uh, right there at the stomach it's and the, the bottom um, of the uh, esophagus. Uh, the esophageal sphincter. And okay, so they drop it down there, twenty-four hours. She logs all kinds of data as far as she pushes the button to say and makes notes on a piece of paper as to what the symptom is and what's going on, why it's that way. Well, anyway, long story short, she comes, she mails it back. It's like 180 miles from where we live. So she mails it back and they come back and say, you don't have acid reflux. You have non-acid mm-hmm. reflux. <laughs> yeah. And, okay, well, that's a new one. I didn't even know what that was, neither did she. And to cut to the chase, we tried this, we tried that, that they recommended. Of course, they were drugs. Mm-hmm. And one made her sleepy to the point of just being a zombie, and she was driving the kids back and forth to school, and that was a bad idea. Oh, yeah. And the other one, even though she was not pregnant, made her weep as if she were trying to lactate. Well, that's not good. I mean, I'm no <laughs> scientist, but I think I can figure this one out. That's not good. <laughs> Something's wrong. Yeah. And so she goes to talk to this GI, and she basically says, well, double your dose. She says, don't you remember that did this? She said, well, then, then quit taking it, and she walked off. My wife's in tears and angry and <laughs> hurt and, you know, frustrated, and it turned out to be a spinal problem. She had quit going to the chiropractor because she and he just had a basic difference of the reason she was going to him was because that's where my dad went. Mm-hmm. And she took him and he treated her rough. He bruised her. And Ooh. then he goes outside and he smokes and he's telling her about health, you know, and it just finally got to the point. She quit going. Right. Well, bottom line is the particular vertebra uh, joint uh, that where the ganglia, I guess you say, anyway, the portion of your back, the, mm-hmm. the circuitry that innervates the gut. Right was not communicating right. She had a slow gut. The food was not processing correctly. All she needed was to get a good adjustment. Over time, it it healed her, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing but potions and pills for these people or a bad attitude if you don't like their potions and pills. Mm Yep. And And it, it correlates so closely to what you were saying, you know, and Robert says, well, they're made out of calcium. I mean, doesn't that indicate too much calcium? Eh, well, no. <laughs> causation and co- correlation and causation, eh, not so much. Yeah, there's so an inverse relationship <laughs> in many cases. Anyway, I just thought, I just thought that was a real eye opener when I learned that. It's like, wow, this is this is amazing. And of course, all they're going to do is give you a proton pump inhibitor and say, yeah, no problem. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, I'd like to interject because my husband is a chiropractor, mm-hmm. and anytime I have any kind, even panic attacks, it's all related to that spinal cord and the nerves innervating the area. And they have a whole diagram where they push the button and they show people which areas are affected. And every time they check people, like X-ray wise, then they see. Yep. Uh, where things are impinged and then they ask them, well do you have any of these problems and sure enough they have those problems but mm-hmm. the other thing i was going to say about the calcium and whatever is sounded it sounded at first like low hydrochloric acid in the stomach well that's a but, that's a major part of the problem most people are in that position again because yeah. their idiot doctors have told them to avoid salt and without salt you can't make hydrochloric acid and right. it just starts a terrible, you know, my doctor was on me like that because I started out with so-called gastric reflux, which then developed into other things, uh, high blood pressure, because they put me on a proton pump inhibitor, 
which, you know, you're already not making enough stomach acid to start with. Then they put you on something that shuts them down almost completely, and you can't digest things, especially minerals, which require extremely high stomach acid uh, in order to, to properly digest them. And then basically that's why proton pump inhibitors are the gateway to virtually all other drugs. Uh, because when you can't digest, then you end up with um, uh, just so many, you know, any one of or more of 900 different chronic health issues that are proven by to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. Because when, you're, when you can't, you're not making stomach acid, you can't digest, and then everything else goes absolutely berserk. Um, so that's one of the biggest things. And usually when someone has gastric reflux, it's not too much stomach acid. It's too little, and in many cases what it's doing is it's keeping you from digesting your minerals, especially calcium and magnesium, which have to do with muscle function, contraction and expansion of the muscles. And if you've got, you've got an esophageal sphincter uh, at, the, at the top of the stomach, at the base of the esophagus, and when you don't have enough calcium and magnesium, that puppy opens up and it can't close properly. And then the, the weak stuff in the stomach is basically digestive juices, splash up and they're still acidic enough to cause that heartburn feeling because they're not you know the the sphincter is not closing and it's allowing that stuff to splash up into the unprotected esophagus and that's where that heartburn feeling comes from so they just give you another pill to really knock everything out and then from that point on you really can't digest anything and all of a sudden everything else comes along where in my case i developed arthritis uh, high blood pressure you know, all these calcium, magnesium related things came as a result of my idiot doctor putting me on proton pump inhibitors when all I needed was good nutritional supplementation. And the best I told my folks today at, at my breakfast, I said the best thing I ever did was firing my MD. And when I did that and hooked my cart to Dr. Wallach, um, things just got better and better and better. And I haven't had, I stopped taking the proton pump inhibitors on April 12th, 22nd of 2012, the same day I started taking the longevity supplements. And I've had no problem with gastric reflux ever since. And as far as the chiropractors go, I mean, a good chiropractor is worth his weight in gold. The only trouble is, in many of these cases, like you said, they have the, um, the portions of the spine where, you know, nerves that are exiting the spinal cord get impinged and cause problems with whatever. If it's in the thoracic region, you end up with AFib and heart-related issues. If it's in the um, lumbar area, you end up with gut-related things and frequent urination, that kind of stuff. The adjustments can help, but the problem is, in many cases, it's degenerative disc disease, where the intervertebral discs no longer have the nutrition they need to stay cushiony. And you can adjust things and shift things around a little bit so it's no longer pinching the nerve so much, but then as you move around through normal life and sleeping and all these other things, it goes back because that nerve or that, that uh, disc is, is flattening out. So, yeah... Uh, chiropractic can help with those things, but the real solution is giving your body the nutrition that keeps those discs cushiony. And then you don't have anywhere near as much problem. And that's, that's a big part of it. So, you know, like I said, chiropractic, I love chiropractors. They're fantastic, but they have limitations just like other folks do too. And 
you know, luckily there are more and more chiropractors that are realizing that nutrition is a huge part of, you know, health, including, you know, going right along with their treatments. And the guys that implement good nutritional supplementation regimens along with their treatments are the ones that are doing their patients the best, re- you know, giving them the best results. But in many cases, it costs them a little bit too, because the, the folks that have both of those things tend not to need the chiropractic treatment as often, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, when you're, when you're, I, you know, I haven't had to be, go to my chiropractor in a number of years. Um, and I go every once in a while, just because, just for an adjustment, just to make sure things aren't too far out of whack. But, um, you know, when, when you've got the things to keep those intervertebral discs going where they should, um, it really, you know, takes the takes the weight off of all the other issues anywho um anybody else got anything they want to add into that you know feel free um like i said i um was at that breakfast this morning so i haven't had a chance to really look at things i did while i was sitting there by myself i was the first one there and i actually got a hold of the um ruling (laughs) or the uh, alleged uh, opinion of uh, Justice Alito on the leak <laughs> on the Roe v. Wade case, and uh, I've read the first several pages of it, and it's rather interesting. They're they're really going in the right direction, um, but again, yeah, this thing was obviously released uh, leaked out by some liberal who will never get in trouble for it, even though they're calling for investigations and we need to find this person and punish them. Uh, because they're a liberal, <laughs> nothing's going to happen. You can count on that. It's the same way, you know, probably the same person that really leaked out the information about uh, uh, Breyer retiring. And uh, what's that? Go ahead. This is Billy Goat. Hey, morning. Billy Goat. Well, not morning, good afternoon. Yeah. Matt, I'm off on that one. Uh-huh. Uh, I just want to add to the digestion stuff. I used to suffer from uh, severe. Hold on. As soon as I'm recording, my neighbor's grinding something. Uh, sorry about <laughs> Of course. That. Uh, I used to suffer from the severe acid reflux type stuff mm-hmm. and had the, what the, was that, uh, where they put the camera yep. on the top. Is that endoscope or? Yeah, endoscope. Something like that. So I had that done and the pH stuff and I had the purple pills and all that as I was a young adult. Mm-hmm. And what I found cured all of that stuff was just separating carbs and proteins. Proteins require acid, carbs require alkaline. And it, it just eating the same foods and simply separating them. So the example I always, always give people is I don't eat hamburgers, but most people do or pizza or something like that. But hamburgers, uh, a good example, because you have bread, which is a carb and you have a patty, which is protein. And so uh, a lot of people, if they had two hamburgers, they would eat one for lunch and one for dinner and then have heartburn and all this stuff in between. And I'm not saying it's as fun, but if somebody is having these issues, then the easier or the, the easier way to digest those would be have the two patties for lunch, the protein meal, which would just require acid. And, and by the way, I agree with everything you were talking about, about acid production and the pills and all that stuff. But you'd eat the two patties for lunch, and then your body could just concentrate on digesting the protein, acid, 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 and it would be done in a short amount of time. 
And then for dinner, you'd have the bread, which, you know, obviously you'd want something else with it. And now your body would concentrate on carbs, 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 and that uses saliva uh, to digest carbs more so. And then the small intestine. And so I don't eat bread. I'm not advising that or anything like that. I'm just saying as an example for other people that an experiment they can do or uh, something similar is if somebody had a steak and a potato, they'd say, oh, I'm going to have half the steak and half the potato for lunch and then the other two halves for dinner. But if they would just do an experiment and eat the whole steak for lunch and then eat the potato for dinner, they would find that their digestion can handle it much easier. And of course, this is not including the 90 things that they put on top of it, right? The pickles and the ketchup and the sauce and the soda and the <laughs> ice cubes and all that stuff that messes it up too. So, uh, But if somebody can, if somebody's sensitive to that, you know, not these people that can eat anything and, and have no digestive problems, but I was extremely sensitive to it. Went through all the doctor stuff. I mean, the procedures, everything and the pills and whatever. And when I finally just got a hold of separating the proteins and carbs and allowing my body to give a little time to digest, right? Not eating snacks all the time and stuff like that. Just eat a meal, let it digest for three, four hours. All of my digestive stuff went away. I never suffer from heartburn. I, I never suffer from gas or burping, indigestion, none of that, the bloating, fermentation, none of that stuff. It just all went away. And I just, the, the last thing I tell people is like, if you're trying to do some work, right, your body's trying to digest the, digest things, which is a very extremely uh, labor intensive process for the body. It's got to make all these enzymes and biles and juices and acids and all this stuff just for the concoction uh, that's perfect for what you, the, the disaster of a meal you ate at the, at the old country buffet and your body says, what am I going to do with this? And it's got to make this, this chemical formula to take care of it. Well, if your body's trying to work, just leave it alone to do that. Don't be eating checks Mix in between and then chewing gum and all this stuff all day. That's messing with your body's ability to, to do that, especially not drinking between meals. These people drink a gallon of water every day, which is just, messing up their digestion constantly and when you quit all that it's just like if you're trying to do something you're trying to do some paperwork you got four hours of paperwork to do and somebody comes along they keep dropping food on you and pouring glasses of water on top of your head how much of your work are you going to get done it's it's annoying at, at at least and when i just made it easier for my body to digest things it, suddenly all of those problems went away and energy went up and just all of that type of stuff. So I, I hope that helps. But I, I went through a, a lot of suffering on that regard and many years of it and the runaround and much cost and everything. And it, it, it was so much simpler. So now do the tin you cans, you, do you eat those with the carbs or the proteins? Uh, say it again. <laughs> the tin cans, you know, the Billy goats oh, eat. Uh, well, it's very important to separate the label from the can, right? So the label would be uh, the carbs, okay. and then the can would require. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And you bring up an interesting point with all the extra crap. And I got to think that um, years and years and years ago, meals were much more basic. Um, <clears throat> you didn't have 27 courses. You didn't have soup and then salad and all this other junk. In many cases, it was one thing. Uh, in some parts of the world, it still is that way. When I was in Ukraine, um, the oh. the people we were there with would make it a point to um, 
you know, they would go shopping and whatever they got at the, at the market that day, that's what they would eat until it was gone. And then they go and get something else and, and the same thing. They would eat it until it was gone. Um, it was kind of a, an interesting situation, but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, mixing all kinds of stuff together, you know, I, I, I find it interesting how you're talking about alkaline versus, uh, acid because i mean your stomach doesn't change it's it's supposed to be a bag of acid 24 7 uh you're right when you dump liquids in there during a meal um, it screws things up because it's diluting the stomach acid um, you know the body does need water you know the question is you know the thing is to do it when you're not actively you know consuming a meal or uh, a couple hours afterwards give the stuff a chance to get from the stomach into the small intestine so absorption can take place. But you do have to have water. You know, there's no question there. Um, I, I agree with you, Sarge. Uh, it makes me cringe when I see people drink a whole glass of ice water mm-hmm. after they just finished their meal. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, you you just slow down digestion by an hour at Big least time. with that. Yeah, and that's uh, the thing. That's one of the big things. You know, people go out to eat, and what do they do? They, they either, you know, if they're in a, in a restaurant that has it, they'll get a beer or sparkling water or, uh, you know, Coke. Anything with fizzies in it, the carbonation is even worse. You know, the, the fluid itself, you know, uh, Newton doesn't, it, it, it dilutes the stomach acid. And then, of course, the carbonation uh, negates it. Basically, uh, it alkalizes and uh, you're basically neutralizing the stomach acid. Which is, you know, that's why people in this country especially have such problems. Because they are eating totally improperly. Um, I go out, like, anytime I go starts, someplace, I get water. like, five times a day. Yeah. That's the, even the worst part. They, yeah. they, they're not, like, one dis, uh, disaster of a meal a day. No. Mm-hmm. They do that for breakfast and lunch and dinner and midnight snack. Yeah. And I can't believe how resilient some people's bodies are. Oh, they that's just, that's the miracle of the, the human body. the onslaught that they do to themselves. People abuse themselves and they still manage to survive because that's that's the miracle of the human body. And, Absolutely. Uh, but <laughs> it definitely has its limits. Um, you know, when I go out, I always, you know, everybody, I want ice water with lemon. I said, I'll have water with lemon, no ice. And people go, how come you don't want ice? <laughs> if, you know, if I, if they would heat it up for me, I'd take it that way. You know, if you're going to have anything with well, you know, the, the, the Orientals got it right. If they have anything, they'll have like warm, hot tea. And at least the temperature helps to accentuate the uh, chemical reaction process, even though it's still diluting the acid. But uh, they they don't drink tons of it. They'll sip a little teeny bit. That's exactly what I was going to say. And Just to help it go down, if anything else. The, uh, small amounts of coffee, which I, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of, but so be it. But, the you know, like in the U.K. or Asia or stuff like that, yeah, they, they'll have smaller amounts of the hot teas, and they'll usually, right. like, Maybe even at a different establishment sometimes, two hours after the meal or something, mm-hmm. and they'll say, okay, a little bit. And that probably helps consolidate the the meal a little bit more, right? Wash it through and things of that nature. But it's not a 44-ounce big gulp right. or something, you know? Yeah. You know, I watched the guy across from me. He, he drank like two or three Pepsis during the time, you know, right before and then during uh, the food that he got. 
and I'm sitting there, good grief. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I just observe people. We didn't people. even talk about the hydrogenated oils, which are not digestible and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so they'll have like a, a dessert that's made out of uh, th- this, you yeah. know, it's, it's like plastic, right? Hydrogenated right. oil makes it just one step away from plastic. So here's some a disaster of a meal that's all carbs and proteins all mixed together. And then the ice drinks. And then on top of it, they pour this mm-hmm. this sludge of plastic-like substance and the whipped topping that's made from oils as well or whatever to just i I don't know it it seems like it would just make a like a bowling ball it would just congeal into a bowling ball (laughs) into their in their stomach and like how might as well be (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's why we call it the standard american diet or sad you (laughs) You know because the the things that people in this country eat on a regular basis and then they can't figure out why when they get on the scale it says come back when you're alone, uh, you know, those kind of things. It's just unreal. <laughs> well, it, what I think happens too with the weight is uh, that fat stores toxins, mm-hmm. and it seems that people they're so toxic they need more fat to hold it. As unhealthy as they appear sometimes because their body is doing a really good job of. Uh, storing the toxins kind of aside, kind of like, uh, you know, they take radioactive waste or, or harmful chemical waste and stuff, and they put them in the 55-gallon drums, and then they just put them in these storage sites and keep it away from the rest of society. <laughs> it, it, it appears that a lot of people's bodies are doing that more and more, where they mm-hmm. they take, you know, all the plethora of toxins we're exposed to from all sources and store it in the fat, and then they keep getting fatter, but they're not... You know what I mean? Not unhealthy, not like bedridden all the time. Some are, but there's other people. They just function that way their oh, yeah. whole life. Yeah, but they and again, that, that goes to the resilience of the body. That's right. But again, the they're, they're, they're storing like toxins because they don't have what they need to take out the trash, and that's where the nutrition comes in. The yeah. nutrition and also good fats. So what a lot of people find is they can't lose weight no matter what they do until they also introduce good fats because then their body can do the exchange of dumping the toxic fats. Oh, but my doctor told me to use coconut oil and olive oil and and safflower and sunflower and, of course, soybean oil. (laughs) Stay away from that that animal fat, that those hydrogenated things, the the saturated fats like, you know, know, lard and suet and, and butter and cream. Oh, you can't have that stuff. That's right, and that's that fat myth, right? But Mm -hmm. we always have to keep in mind that, uh, Good, good, uh, clean food is clean and toxic food is toxic, no matter what type it is, right? So people say, oh, don't eat meat because it's bad. Well, bad meat's bad, you know, from toxic injected slaughterhouses, yeah. sure. Yeah, they, or, they talk uh, about red oh, meat when it's, sure it's you not eat, the meat, uh, it's how lots it's cooked. Of, lots of fruit, right? Berries and stuff are really healthy, but you're eating the ones sprayed with Roundup and stuff. Eh, right. Not so much. So yeah. you always need the cleanest version of whatever it is. Organic meat cooked properly is good for you. It's not harmful. You know. Well, hey Jim. Well, go ahead, Robert. <laughs> There's a lot of vegetarians on here, I think, Sarge, and they will never That's come okay. around. So uh, I've given up on that argument with people. But Show me a vegetarian no what, that's ever lived to be 100 years old. <laughs> but no matter what, you require the healthy version of the food. I think everybody would agree to that. Sprayed mm-hmm. with chemicals, injected Agreed. with toxins is not good. Okay, yeah. you want the cleanest source of food you can get. That's it. 
And there are, there are certain things that you cannot get from a vegetable diet. You cannot get cholesterol, and that's a prime thing that you need. You know, there's, you know that's the thing. And when you have a dinner party and you put a little jar and label it glyphosate and say, if you'd like to add glyphosate to your food, here you, mean you go. Glyph- glyphosate? Glyphosate. Yeah. Here you go. You can add it. <laughs> you know, it's it like it puts it in a... In a real yeah, if you're having withdrawals. You want to add salt and pepper? Well, here, you can add some gloves. Don't, don't you have it in a spray bottle instead? Of stuff? Yeah, I know. And just, just put a package of Roundup out there. For yeah, one of those sprayers. Yeah. Well, I, I was just going to add real quick on the uh, vegetarian thing and, and meat eating thing and all that. I, I have found that the one thing that everybody agrees on is that the toxic, um, uh, unethical slaughterhouses are totally yeah, unacceptable. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of the... I don't know. Vegetarians think like, oh, all meat eaters are, are for that. And that's not at all true. And no. they use that as their argument improperly, illogically, unsuccessfully as like the reason to get rid of meat. And it's totally false. I don't think anybody in their right mind would ever agree with the way animals are mistreated in, in the factory farming and these exactly. large scale operations. And that's not at all what any normal uh, humane meat eater uh, thinks, but then we get into all those other weird discussions. So, and by all means, for those people who, um, if you ever go to a restaurant and you see a thing that says halal friendly, I would highly recommend not eating there <laughs> and go home and look up on YouTube halal butchering, you know, for the, for the Muslims out there. I mean, it is the most barbaric inhumane stuff i have ever seen i wanted to throw up when i saw this video they uh, they butcher a cow in the way it's it's halal approved and is absolutely disgusting uh i'll tell you what hey sarge yeah go ahead you know growing up the go-to uh fat was whatever had been accumulated in the skillet Mm-hmm. or whatever right mom would always gather it up what didn't go into making gravy yeah you'd say tasty what didn't you put it in a can on the back of the stove and when you needed some you just reached back and took a dollop of it good grief some of that stuff had to be two weeks old three weeks three weeks a month oh yeah but the type of fat it is it was not a problem mm-hmm. you try that with a animal fat or i mean a, a vegetable fat and it would have been deadly in two days you know yeah, rancid. but the animal fats yeah no problem just a little tasty mm-hmm. i forgot i got a little bit distracted here i was working and something came up and i got distracted i never pulled the seams together on my story about my wife the point was to correspond or correlate to your story about the, the, the uh, calcium the problem was she wasn't producing enough acid right and couldn't break down the food because it was going too slow. There wasn't enough acid. And when the proper innervation happened after the adjustments multiple over time, you know, things flowed freely mm-hmm. and there was plenty of acid. And of course, the one thing that you don't want to do when you don't have enough acid is put in an acid reducer like Tums <laughs> or a proton pump inhibitor or yep. whatever, because you're only exacerbating the problem, but it does make you feel better. Right. Yeah, <laughs> the it, it does. It makes you feel of, better. Wow, that's what a relief. And that's that what MDs are for, to mitigate symptoms. 
You know, they don't know anything about the, the functionality, sure. how the, what, what causes the problem or what makes it go away. All they do is they give a drug that lessens the symptoms so you're happy. And unfortunately, most a, people get wrapped around that axle. I have a problem axle. with acid reflux through the day. Mm -hmm. Not big. It generally, it's because I overeat occasionally when I see something good, you know. My <laughs> kids say, what's your favorite food, Dad? I'll say, whatever I have in front of me that I like. That's yep. my favorite food. So anyway, with that mindset, every day before I leave the house, I fill a 16-ounce glass jar, glass bottle, with a tablespoon of sodium ascorbate and a half a tablespoon of magnesium powder, calm. And at any time I ever feel anything that even remotely, or just think I need a little bit of a pep, you know, give my body a pep talk, I just take a swig of that and make it last all day, and it just, it's... Nice. Really nice. Cool. Makes things come back into equilibrium, it seems. There you go. Yeah, for uh, another good one is a tablespoon of uh, raw honey and a tablespoon of raw apple cider vinegar. And uh, that's a great tonic, so to speak. But, um, yeah, yeah, whatever works. I have uh, my little bottle sitting right here that's got an ounce of uh, ultra body toddy and ounce of cal toddy and ounce of plant derived minerals. And I sip on it, feel good. But anyway, yeah, you want to be able to digest. You want to make sure things are flowing properly. You want to make sure you're having regular bowel movements. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm amazed at people that say, well, I haven't had a bowel movement all week. That's good grief. Oh, my goodness. You know, you got some issues. Um Three to five times a day. Is... Jim, I, I got a story. Go ahead, Samuel. Yeah, uh, this is uh, this happened about 40 years ago. Uh, a good friend of mine, he's still alive. He's an auto mechanic, and uh, uh, he got a divorce. And so he moved into his industrial shop, and he set up like a little makeshift kitchen so that he could make himself breakfast and stuff like that. And uh, he says that many months had gone by, and you know he's uh, he's got this big uh, coffee tin of lard on there on the on the stove, right? And he keeps dipping in there for his for his grease when he needs it. And uh, all of a sudden, he noticed a little brown spot in the top of the can, right? So he he goes playing around with, it and he pulls it out, and it's a dead mouse. <laughs> <laughs> He just left it he, in there, a little extra protein, you know. <laughs> he said the shock that went through his body and started thinking, oh, how long have I been eating this grease with this dead thing in there? He just and, digged uh, down to it. But he never it. got sick. He, he never felt bad, and he's still alive. So, uh -huh. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Especially if, you know, you were working your way down and you come across the spot. <laughs> That would, oh yeah, <laughs> been in there a while. Well, I guess he floated to the top. I, I guess it was too slippery to get out, so. <laughs> <laughs> Try as he did. <laughs> Couldn't make it. Oh, man. He was, a, he was a proverbial uh, greased pig, you know, he, poor guy. But anyway, yeah. this came to mind the, when that, uh, <laughs> that vision the, it's the hard to get out of your head. Nevada yeah. cream. <laughs> Uh, hey, hey Samuel, you reminded me of that scene in that old movie Strange Brew with those Canadian guys, and they found that mouse in the beer bottle, 
and they wanted to go get a refund from the com- uh, company on the get the free beer. I don't know. I'm only speaking probably to one or two people who know what I'm talking about, but it was funny. So I haven't seen it. Never saw oh, that one. Never mind. It's <laughs> probably not worth wasting your life, but it was old, what, Saturday Night Live stuff. Never mind. <laughs> Oh, in fact, I'll probably be talking to this guy today. He's a he's a funny character, but it's just like he didn't think twice about going to the doctor. And he's just that kind of guy. You know, he's like, well, if it hasn't killed me yet, it's not going to. <laughs> yeah, got a good average so far. <laughs> Eat mouse fat, you know, and all that good stuff. But shoot. Should have fried that little booger up. <laughs> you know it would have been interesting if he wasn't paying attention just scooped up a big thing and threw it in a pan and heated it up and looked, looked down and said what's this mouse doing in here <laughs> oh man yeah, just throwing some bacon a little some onions and shoot got dinner <laughs> what's that you have a mouse in your hot pocket <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, what's worse than a mouse in your hot pocket Half a mouse in your hot pocket. <laughs> uh, in your half a hot pocket, put it that way. Uh, yum. I thought that last bite was a little crunchy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, since we're on it, my daughter works in a sausage factory, and they have a metal detector when they're uh, processing their meats. Ooh. In case they find a, uh, a round. <laughs> talking about the, the methods of uh, slaughtering them yeah it's, she, she can't she's like oh it's gross wow no fun yeah gotta get all that stuff out heaven forbid it should make it into somebody's Wednesday's hamburger yeah. goodness but anyway who uh, let me see here uh, I'm just looking through Dead Doc Best of Dead Doctors Don't Lie. And I'm just looking to see if there's a good one in here. <laughs> Joints, athletes, arthritis, bone spurs, and osteoporosis, cancer. Hey Jim. Yeah, go ahead. Gary. Uh if you go to the first Foxfire book. They talk about making soap in there, mm-hmm. and they would save their bacon grease and lard for over a year, right? And use it to make soap. Yeah, and we set we cook with lard, mm-hmm. and we just pour it in a glass and set it on the stove and reuse it till the glass is empty, or yep. we had more. Yep that that used to be the standard thing. People in this day, oh my goodness, it's got to be in the refrigerator. You got to do this, you got to do that. No. <laughs> uh, you know, it's amazing. The people that used to do that kind of stuff years ago were much healthier than they are now. And then, of course, uh, when Procter & Gamble bought the rights to Crisco, uh, the German U-boat lubricant, and uh, engaged with the uh, Heart Association to uh, engage in a disinformation campaign, you know, attacking uh, saturated fats like from animals fat and saying that the best stuff was from vegetables and uh, that's when heart disease went skyrocketing and 
you know, back in the old days when they, when people just had a, a can full of lard sitting on the back of the stove. I mean, that was the standard thing, and people didn't have any trouble at all. It wasn't until we started listening to the liars and the Heart Association and the uh, American Murder Association that people's health went, you know, so far downhill. It was and, a whole marketing plan to oh yeah. um, change people's mindset yeah. on healthy fats, just like with pasteurized milk. It, mm-hmm. There was a whole marketing plan behind it so that, yeah. you know, mothers would no longer miss the cream on top of the milk. <laughs> that You know, they'd accept exactly. homogenization. And mm-hmm. yeah, all marketing. Yep. It's, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, $7 million that uh, Procter & Gamble paid the American Heart Association to start demonizing saturated fats. And it was back in the early 1900s when they were trying to turn a German U-boat lubricant into food. Uh, and that's where Crisco came from. And, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, the, the things that people suck into, you know. Linseed oil is another one mm-hmm. that, yep. you know, they marketed to be normal. To ingest, so. Yeah, and to this day, uh, the, the Heart Association, the AMA, they all still parrot that same lie. Oh yeah, you need uh, these good oils. You want to stay away from those bad animal fats, you know. <laughs> Just the same thing with salt. You know, that was a big lie, and that horse got out of the barn, and it's never come back, uh, even though it was refuted in no time. Uh, it's just uh, in, insane, the things that the medical community will pass on and the Bubis Americanus will believe. Uh, it's a real... Hey. Yeah, whoever that was, go oh. ahead. It's Gary. They oh, did the yeah, same Gary. thing with the... Kellogg's Corporation did the same thing with breakfast cereal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. Whole, whole huge marketing campaign to convince people that bacon and eggs were bad for them, but this cereal was crap would be, would exactly. be better for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some of the best foods available. Oh, we can't have those. Yeah, but you can eat this crappy junk that's loaded with acrylamides and toxins and, you know, glyphosate in this day and age uh man people that eat breakfast you know breakfast cereal is uh insanity and you know that's why we have you know so much obesity and type 2 diabetes in juveniles in these day in this day and age is one of the reasons the fact they've never had a real you know real food all they've been doing is eating franken food their whole life and uh Apparently, the Europeans are catching up to us on obesity. Yeah. I think I read a thing that said 60% of them have obese problems in Europe. So, it wouldn't surprise me. They're following us. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the thing. We export everything that's bad, and all the other countries, you know, import it thinking it's a wonderful thing. They want to be Americanized, and the more they do that, the worse their health is getting. Uh, my first trip to Ukraine in 2005, there was one McDonald's in the whole country, and it was in Kiev. And uh, in 2010, I went back, and now McDonald's was everywhere, including the Zhitomer, which is where we were operating out of, which is about 60 miles southwest of uh, Kiev, about 300,000 people, and they had a couple of big McDonald's. And those things were going 24-7. People were in there all the time. Um, it was, it was amazing that you could get really, really good food in that country, 
but instead people would go to McDonald's because it was American. And I just felt so bad for him. I looked at that and I said, good grief, what are we doing to the rest of the world? Uh, you know, don't have anything good to export, <laughs> just the crap. And people just buy it up, you know. <laughs> on, on, on the farm in the basement, we had a big smokehouse that was built in. And uh, there was also a, about a cauldron down there that was cast iron, probably about four feet in diameter, about 20 inches deep sort of an elliptical shape, mm-hmm. when Grandpa would butcher, all of the pieces of fat that he would uh, remove went into that cauldron. And they'd render it. And then Grandma would render it down, and mm. she'd add lye, lye to it. Make soap. To make a lye soap. But it was really harsh, mm. so that was usually used to get nasty stains out of clothes, sort of like a pre-wash before you ran them through the ringer washer mm-hmm. <laughs> that oh, you had yeah. to make sure you didn't tear your arm off on <laughs> oh man i'll tell you what those things would eat you alive if you got caught <laughs> my grandmother had <laughs> Ooh, yeah it brings back memories oh. but yeah nothing went to waste on the farm you know the guts they were f- filled full of sausage and herbs yeah. and smoked and Dem-Z's. grandpa made a thing called vintervushed that uh, uh he made it, he smoked it at the end of fall, and then it was packed into the old straight uh, milk cans before they were stainless and before they had a neck on them. They were straight, and then that was shoved into the, the, uh, the seeds in the, uh, in the grain bins uh, to protect them from the deep, 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 deep freezes so that it wouldn't ruin it, and then all winter... We would eat that thing for breakfast called Wintervushed, hmm. and man, was that stuff good! It looked it looked like gray um, shredded meat, but oh, the taste—it just was oh. awesome. Wow! You got the recipe? <laughs> you know what? I could probably find out, um, but uh, Grandpa was weird about shit like that. He. Uh, didn't do a lot of sharing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All family secret. We have ways of making you talk. <laughs> hey, Jim. Yeah. Good, Gary. I want to make people aware that uh, COVID is tested positive in the deer population in the following locations. The state of Ohio, Canada, state of Texas, Oklahoma, Utah, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, North Carolina, and Iowa, and they're starting to say, from my research, that the animals can pass the COVID to humans, so just some food for thought there, Uh, they're going to (laughs) outlaw us killing wild deer. Probably. Not Wisconsin, huh? I had six deer out my window just this morning. Jeez. I had a hundred on the way last night out my window, but... I'm just saying that, that it's the next thing coming, probably. Well, the, the, per, the first thing they did, Gary, is they tried to say that they all had mad cow up in the northern states. Yeah. Yes, that was a few years ago, though. I yeah. imagine the pigs are going to have mad cow before too long. So, And then the pigs are going to have the swine flu. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that way you've got to kill the cows for mad cow, and you got to kill the pigs because they got swine flu. And then they're, they're already Bill done Gates's test tube beef for for dinner. 
Yeah, on the Hitchcock show, they were talking about how they came around in England during this COVID thing and were calling all the chickens because they said they had it. The ones that were raising their own, you know, they were uh, just eliminating them. Yeah. I forgot to say Great Britain because Great Britain's coming out and saying the same thing. Deer population's got COVID. Oh, boy. That's crazy. Wouldn't surprise me, though. They're doing everything they can to make sure there's no food sources other than those which they provide. And, uh, you know, when, when you can't get stuff at the grocery store, naturally people are going to start looking out in the pastures and the woods and everything else. And, oh, they're, they're just trying to get ahead of the game. Literally. <laughs> they're going to kill off all the game or make it illegal to, oh, oh can't get a deer tag this year. <laughs> Yeah, most people, I know people that screw that, you know, can't get a tag, I'll hunt without it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not amongst those because my wife loves Bambi uh, to look at. And if I came home with one, she would have a hissy fit. You know, I was, I was talking the other day about rabbits and chickens and no, <laughs> they're pets. Oh, good grief. <laughs> you just haven't gotten hungry enough yet. But, uh, yeah. I, years ago, I had a, a friend of mine who was big in the cattleman society, and he offered to get me a really nice steer. I said, no thanks. And he said, why not? I said, because 10 seconds after it hits the property, it'll have a name. And then years and years from now, after I've worked feeding it and cleaning up after it, I'll have to dig a big hole to put it in. I said, no thank you. <laughs> and I said, yeah, Fluffy the Bull. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, took my, there's a, there's a guy who's running for uh, governor here in Ohio. His name is uh, Joe Blystone. And when COVID first hit, he has a um, uh, cattle farm, uh, Southeast Columbus in a little town called Canal Winchester. And uh, he refused to close his, he had a restaurant that goes along with it and, and a butcher shop and he refused to close it, refused to make people wear face diapers. He actually has a sign outside on his, on his fence when you enter the property. He says to all our valued customers, if you have, uh, if you're averse to uh, being waited on by staff who are not wearing face masks, please do not enter our property. <laughs> and uh, he, you know, regardless of what the state and the county tried to do, he refused and he just kept his place open and everything. Ate down there, had a nice burger there a couple of weeks back, and it was really good. But um, where was I going with that? <laughs> anyway, he's running for uh, running against the wine here. Uh, I don't think he even did very well at all in the primary yesterday, unfortunately. I think DeWine won, I believe, but um, yeah, I didn't vote, so I didn't care. But basically, um, this guy was uh, a good, solid dude and was, you know, I know what it was. When we went there, they have a, a fenced area out alongside the restaurant and there were some steers in there and i'd look over and my wife of course she's being the animal lover wanted to go and check them out and i said right there's t-bone and that one there is ribeye <laughs> she looked rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> and i said yeah, get to know them now because in a week or two they probably won't be there anymore someone will have taken their place and uh she was just freaking out but uh, still ate the hamburger yeah, that's the funny thing about my wife. As long as as long as she doesn't have to know who who did the killing and who did the butchering and all that, it's okay. But uh, you know, if we have them on our property, oh no, they're gonna live a long life, and then when they die, I gotta dig a big hole. 
So, uh, no thanks. Yeah, and uh, deer are just for looking at and taking pictures. Yeah, I uh, I used to joke when I was doing survival shows years ago. I used to joke about having a 55-gallon drum of barbecue sauce in case uh, things got bad and we had to cook the horses. And some turkey uh, so-called friend of mine slipped to her one time that I had said that. And, oh, my goodness, you'd have thought the world was coming down. <laughs> you touch one here on them horses and... I tell everybody, I, I, you know, the horses are at the top, and then the dogs, and then the cats, and I'm down, I'm, I'm down below the cats somewhere on my life, my wife scale. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't joke about that anymore. And anyone else who says anything about it, I say, I just raise my hand, shake my head, and walk away. I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh goodness. But you know, like I said, you just haven't been hungry enough. And I, I tried to tell her about a, a chapter in uh, Patriots, the uh, the James Wesley Brawls thing. And at one point he's talking about these people in uh, Oregon or someplace that have these real nice golden retrievers in the fall. And when the crap hits the fan and it says something in, uh, in it says they ate the golden retrievers in February. Something like that is the line. And... Uh, she just did not want to hear that at all because we have a golden retriever and if you're not a golden retriever you ain't a dog as far as my wife's concerned they're her all-time favorites and um, jethro the uh, redbone coon hound is a second class citizen to her to me he's he's first class but um, yeah <laughs> would not want to have to get hungry enough to eat one of those two or you know she'd, she'd eat me before she'd eat the dogs <laughs> Oh, but that's what I get to deal with. That's that's one of my uh, crosses I have to bear. I guess I'll become a vegetarian sooner or later. We'll just whatever comes out of the garden, I'll have to eat because there ain't gonna be no no meat on the on the table. <laughs> you can't buy it at the grocery store where no animals had to be harmed. <laughs> oh goodness! But anyway, uh, let's see here. What is, oh, I saw something. Lauren Boebert. Haven't heard much out of her lately, but uh, today, I, whoops, what the heck happened there? Uh, something new in this way this thing works. Oh, these pop-ups. <laughs> Representative Boebert introduces Bill to end Biden's Ministry of Truth. Hot diggity dog. I was wondering how long that would take. A scheme concocted by the Biden regime to actively pol actively police what people share on the Internet is running into a snag thanks to re the efforts of Representative Lauren Boebert, Republican of Colorado, to kill it before it even gets off the ground. Good kudos to her. Legislation proposed by Boebert would defund the Department of Homeland Security's new disinformation board, which has been ta tasked with eliminating misinformation related to Homeland Security, focused specifically on irregular migration and Russia from social media. And, uh, of course, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, recently appeared on fake news uh, corporation CNN to reveal that the new disinformation unit will not have operational authority, but will rather disseminate those best practices to the operators that have been executing and addressing this threat for years. In other words, they're going to tell Twitter and Facebook and all these others what they're allowed to put up there and what they're not, apparently. Bobert wants to nip the thing in the bud before it ever gets launched. 
which she hopes to do by getting her new legislation passed as soon as possible. Uh, given the current situation, good luck with that. This kind of stuff is terrifying, Bobert said during a Fox News segment about the Biden regime's new Ministry of Truth. And we in Congress have the power of the purse. It is our duty to shut down this department immediately. I'm calling on leadership in the Republican Party, Leader McCarthy, yeah, <laughs> worthless, uh, Whips Galise and others to join me in calling for this department to be shut down and defunded. You think they're going to do that? I doubt it. Bobert went on to state that not a single tax dollar should be used to fund any federal attempt at trampling the First Amendment and silencing the truth online, be big like Big Tech did with Hunter Biden's story. Yeah, and the person's gonna who's supposed to be uh, running this uh, Big Brother agency uh, said the Hunter Biden story was Russian disinformation. <laughs> so she's the best at uh, she should be really good at finding this information because she knows it so well. But, uh, yeah, comparing the Biden regime's Ministry of Truth to what George Orwell warned about in his famous book, 1984, Bobert further chastised Democrats for taking, the literary, uh, taking that literary piece and using it as a guide rather than a warning. Of course they did. This really is a Department of Propaganda, Bobert stated prim uh, plainly about the situation. To say that the federal department has a say in what's right and what's wrong, what's truth and what is not, that's a very dangerous place that we've come to. Yeah, anything that is in favor of what they want is okay, even though it's a lie. And anything that's the truth but against what they say is not okay. <sighs> Overt's now looking for co-sponsors for a bill and is expected to in introduce it officially in the next week. Nina Jankowitz, yeah, that's her. The woman chosen to head up Biden's new Ministry of Truth has publicly stated that free speech makes her shudder. And yet, <laughs> what's that? America's got no talent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, free speech makes her shudder. And that's the kind of thing that should keep anybody like that from ever having a position in government. But in this, you know, upside down world, those are the kind of people they look for to put ahead of, you know, federal programs. This is absolute insanity. The use of this... I want to know if she's a biologist. <laughs> How does she know she's a woman? I, really? Good question. Well, you know, I, don't, I guess you don't have to be a woman. You can, you can be uh, confused. You know, that's something else I was uh, just, you know, bringing up this stuff about abortion and everything. You know, it used to be... Um, men weren't allowed to have a say on abortion because they can't get pregnant. But now, according to the liberals, men can get pregnant. So now do we get a say on abortion? Hmm. Hell no. <laughs> not if you're a white man and you're not pregnant at the time. <laughs> oh, man. That just shows how, how just totally off the rails these people are. You know, everything they, they come up with, they end up turning around on themselves. Oh, good grief. Tell me where is sanity. How true. Yeah. 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 You can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Chest feeding. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I want to see a uh, a trans guy or whatever. I don't know. Somebody's a, a male. Somebody with an outsie who is identifying as someone with an insie who is then trying to chest feed a baby. Uh, let's let's look into Buttigieg or Buttgigger, is the way I call him. 
uh, and see if he's chest feeding <laughs> without any external apparatus. Uh, you know, if it's good for women, it's good for men. Tit for tat. Uh, so we're now tat feeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make sure it's not a tat. Oh my place. goodness. Oh. Yeah. It is just absolute nuts. And that's why. But a saying, newborn baby will try. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I said yesterday. The 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 idiots in uh, UK that are training the midwives to uh, help someone give birth through male genitalia. That I want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. It's uh, a catheter business. Uh, th- I, I want to see it happen. I want to get film of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yep, prove this was real. Uh, good grief. People are just, they're, uh, that's why I keep saying, stop the world, let me off. Beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> yeah. Every time a friend of mine dies, I feel just really, really uh, envious. Uh, it's, it's reaching the point where the insanity level in this world is just crazy. It's like, what are they going to come up with next? And I really don't want to know, but it's, you know, it's like, you know, saying to the Democrats, how stupid can you be? And they, they take it as a challenge, uh, especially if you're AOC and people like that, you know, one of the, uh, the squad. <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. But let's see. Oh, here we go. As long as Democrats control the Congress, I don't hold out much hope that the bill will pass, wrote another skeptical about the likelihood of actual moving forward, you think? Um, in the uh, comment section of News Punch, someone wrote that it is highly unlikely that mainstream rhino Republican and name only politicians will support Boebert's bill. Of course they won't. You know, you're not going to get McCarthy to support that bill, you know, and he won't even push it. You know, these people, and that's, you know, I, I told my wife the other day, you know, because yesterday was a primary election in Ohio, and we always used to do it, and I said, I'm done, I'm not doing it. What? <laughs> and she's, uh, I mean, she was borderline mad at me. She says, well, you don't have any right to complain. I said, no, I got every right to complain. I said, I'm complaining about the people that are still engaging in this thing, thinking that there's going to be different results. I said, when you got most of the Republicans in Congress that are right alongside the Democrats, you know, it's Communist Party A and Communist Party B. Um, the only thing I can see voting for, and I don't even know if it would do any good, was when there's a tax levy so I can always vote against them. But otherwise, you know, I just, I, you know, I guess I've been having Mike on my shows every Thursday. It hasn't helped any. But I'm reaching a point now where I pretty much have my fill. And I said, no, I, I I think it was uh, Sunday night, DW was on uh, um, Addicted to Our Own Destruction with Mike, and he was saying, you know, my thing is the only way to to stop this stuff is two things. You stop voting and you stop paying taxes. And uh, I'm inclined to agree with him. And uh, I don't know if he's listening and wants to chime in on that, but DW, if you're out there and your ears are burning or ringing or whatever, (laughs) come on in. Uh, But... uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I drove up there and I sat outside while she went in and did her thing and came back out and I didn't say anything about it and we just went on and had dinner and, <laughs> uh, but we'll see. 
Just looking to see if there's anything else in the news. Decades of research shows how tyranny thrives during global pandemics. Yep. They always, you know, camel's nose gets under the tent a little bit further. Uh, Biden administration spends billions for Ukraine, but only millions to boost food production in America. Yeah. They're, they're boosting corn production so they can use it to make ethanol for fuel. But they won't change the fuel thing into uh, food, which, you know, the corn, it's all GMO anyway, so it's, you know, another bad thing. High wire. People now standing up against proposed COVID vaccine mandates. You know, I heard uh, some one person was talking today on a show that I was listening to, and they were saying that this uh, uh, deal with the Supreme Court and the uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, they look at, at it as a way that now that they're they're basically taking this thing down and claiming that um, now there's uh, it went from being a woman's right to control her own body to now, you know, we can't do that. So the next thing is it's going to open the door for vaccine mandates. And I, I really, you know, they're two separate issues the way I look at it. But, you know, of course they can spin it in such a way where I could see them trying to push legislation that would do just that. Well, we got this out of the Supreme Court, and so now the uh, your right to choose and your right to just, you know decide on your own thing, the old my body, my choice thing, um, which truly wasn't a valid argument for abortion, but is a valid argument for masks and face diapers and, uh, and vaccines. But now that supposedly is one potential for opening the door to some kind of legislation in that regard. And I said, well, it wouldn't surprise me. I could see some idiot trying to do that and a whole bunch of other idiots backing it up. But um, I don't think the supposed alleged reversal of Roe v. Wade is going to make much difference. Here's why, James. In my state, Nevada, yesterday the governor, Sislak, came out and said, well, Abortion is codified in my state, so we'll continue to do them. The Roe v. Wade decision notwithstanding. Yeah, and the thing also, is, is... if if uh, women are in a state that doesn't allow abortions or that makes them illegal after 15, 16 weeks, all they've got to do is get in their car and drive to a state that exactly. will allow it, like California, Nevada, whatever. So I, I think as much to do about nothing. Even they do reverse it. Yeah. Does it really matter? And basically all, all they're no. doing with that reversal is putting it sending it back to the state saying that something yeah. they're admitting yeah. that we really don't have a say in this matter this is a state issue yeah, and well you know and california is already you know talking about well if you if you're in another state and you want to have an abortion we'll yes. fly you here pay for your travel and give you a free abortion too and then yes. amazon Which is, is planning on paying for their employees who want to do it <laughs> uh, up to four grand yeah yeah well, they're gonna yeah. they're it's all, and that just shows you that this was not something that just came up out of nowhere. They've known yeah. about this long enough that when, you know, the very day that it's talked about being released, uh, slipped out, you know, automatically these other people have already got plans in place, uh, remarkably, mm -hmm. to uh, to mm -hmm. take up the slack. But you know, now and, what it what it did accomplish is getting the people riled up and talking about it. That exactly. it did do. Which is probably what they always wanted. And the other thing was to, you know, the, the Democrats really had nothing to run on in uh, in November. 
and they already came out, well, you can bet that uh, reproductive rights will be on the ballot in November. So they're using this as a way to, you know, round up or rally, you know, idiots and get them to vote Democrat, um, whether it will or not, who knows. And again, I think the whole thing is controlled anyway, so, yeah. But it's it's more, I honestly, it's more than anything, I think it's just, you know, we need to be looking and seeing what else is going on in the background. You know, that uh, this is used being used as a distraction to uh, keep us from seeing what they're really doing to us. You know, we had another, you know, any more uh, food processing plants burn up lately. Uh, there was one day before yesterday, I think, in North Carolina, I believe it was. Um, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, what's going on when you sending more stuff over to Ukraine? Who knows? But it's, you know, it's a non-issue, really. You know, it's not going to make any changes, really. It's just basically going to put things back in the state's hands. The, and you're going to have red states versus blue states again. It's just going to be more things to divide. And you'll have people crossing state borders uh, to do whatever they want to do. Uh, just one more thing to get, you know, people against each other. And that is always to the benefit of the controllers and never to the benefit of the controllees. So in other words, it's just going to screw us even more. But, you know, at least they, they utilize some pretty good common sense. And what I've been able to read so far, you know, it, uh, it definitely needed to be overturned. But, um, you know, the original ruling was a stretch. Even, even Joe Biden said it was a stretch <laughs> back in the day. Uh, and the funny thing was yesterday, I think he made a statement where uh, it came back to bite him where he was talking about somebody choosing to abort a child and oh you're admitting that the baby is a child it's not a fetus or a, a lump of tissue it's it's actually a human being a child and that came back to bite him but uh, yeah like i said i think it's all distraction more than anything and on the other hand this was just a preliminary you know internal thing they could very well come out and uphold it when it's all said and done, which would not surprise me at all. Uh, who knows? I did see the diesel prices were over five bucks a gallon when I was driving around this morning. Couldn't believe that already. <sighs> Let's see. CDC, FDA, NIH workers did not report incidents of political interference fearing retaliation. Oh, well, surprise, surprise. Ministry of Two, Joe Biden's new disinformation board director, is a Ukrainian government advisor who was pleased by the censorship of Hunter Biden's hard drive. Good grief. <laughs> Carbon dioxide has almost nothing to do with climate, says World Climate Declar Declar Declaration Signatory. You know, that just shows, again, the lack of following the science. You know, they claim the science says that there's global warming and global climate change and whatever you want to call it, whatever fits their narrative at the time, whether the temperatures are going up, going down. The fact is, carbon dioxide is necessary because that's what the uh, plant life on this planet live on, and they convert it into oxygen for us, 
and uh, strip off the carbon and use that through photosynthesis to manufacture the food that we eat and that kind of thing. And people are so stupid to, as to realize those kind of things. You know, your carbon footprint. Well, guess what? Carbon is a necessitary necessity of life. You know, we're carbon-based aminals, <laughs> you know, life forms, as they say in uh, Star Trek, I think it was. And, you know, the it's just amazing how they're going to tax people for, for trying to tax people for a natural thing that is necessary to life. The more carbon dioxide that you have, the better the plants grow. You'll have greater, uh, you know, trees growing everywhere. we got like 40% more trees in this country now than we did when the white man came here. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that's saying something. Not that they're ever going to let that information get out, but anyway. Uh... Say, Sarge. Yes, sir. Uh Thank you for receiving my input here. Uh, on the subject of diesel, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if, you know, I'm 61 years old. I don't remember the time when diesel was much cheaper than gasoline. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and now that, let's see, is there a practical reason for that? I think there is because diesel doesn't have to be refined to the same level as uh, gasoline. Mm -hmm. So it means it takes less to make it, yeah. right? Yep. But then at a certain point, it switched where diesel became more, more expensive, and I think that was when diesel vehicles, uh, passenger vehicles, were available to us common folk mm -hmm. versus the big trucks. But now, now locally, I don't know what it is there, but now, and this now before before coronavirus, diesel might have been maybe fifty cents more a gallon. Now it's a dollar. I saw it the other day, a dollar seventy more a gallon here, and that that and that wasn't at a a normally high-priced station, right? You know, because some areas of the city, the prices are, you know, premium because, they're, you know, they can take advantage of uh, people that are passing through maybe. But uh, mm -hmm. is, is it that way out your way? Is it is diesel that much higher than the gasoline out there? Uh, where I was at, I just looking at signs this morning, um, I went by one and uh, regular gas was four seventy nine, and diesel was five and a quarter. So just about 50 cents difference. Um, okay. And uh, that's the only one I noticed right off the top of my head. But um, I think it's pretty much similar most other places. I'm just looking at my Gas Buddy app here. And let's see here. In my area, the local sheets, which is right around the corner. Uh, oops. Regular is... Well, it ranges anywhere from 378 to 409. Mid grade is 404 to 449. Premium is 439 to 489. Diesel is running 484 to five and a quarter. 41 percent spread. Um, man, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. I think gas out here is now four about 445 a gallon. But uh, so so that my take on that is so times are getting hard. So diesels that that much harder to get. I don't think so. No, I think it's by design that they're 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 definitely. You know, it's part of the you know putting a kink in the supply chain. Yeah, I mean really. That's the main thing now because the truckers you know they're not worried so much about private conveyances with that run on diesel as they are 
slowing down the trucks and when when diesel is that high i mean I, I i can remember a couple of weeks ago buddy and this was back when before diesel got this high uh, guy was at a, a local truck stop and snapped a picture of a guy's uh, pump after he had finished filling up his his rig and it was like 750 bucks and that he said that would get him from ohio to florida then he'd have to do it all over again and it's like you know when you're paying that kind of stuff for fuel you know, it all gets passed along, and sooner or later, Jim. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I listened to this guy on RBN, uh, the Perfect Storm, uh, Don Campbell. He is a, tr- a freight broker. Mm-hmm. He said twelve hundred bucks. You know, on average for these uh, uh, owner operators to fill up, it's twelve hundred dollars, and yeah. um, he said it. You know, they average about six and a half miles per gallon and he said it's costing 81 cents per mile to drive those trucks yep that's just fuel Mm -hmm. yeah let alone their time insurance and everything else you know they get like a dollar a gal i mean a mile you know i know that's gone up a little bit but they were averaging a dollar a mile before covid um you know you can't he can't live on that no. there's no way they they are trying to destroy america what would, what do we have now 26 um food processing plants have you know coinky stinkily been <laughs> set on fire or whatever right it ain't a coinky dink it's a coinky stink right see <laughs> yeah. you know i my yeah, my so, pickup uh if it's empty it costs 100 bucks to fill and uh, I just gassed it up Saturday, and I was just a hair over a half tank, and it was forty nine fifty at Costco, at three seventy nine a gallon. And um, what do you what are you running in that thing? What I'm just running eighty nine. I'm just running well regular gas, just regular gas. And um, what size is it? It's a V six. It's a four point three liter Vortec, and uh, I oh, get okay. about nineteen miles of the gallon in town, which is good. Uh, oh wow! For a truck yeah, that size, that's, that's not bad. Uh, on the road, it's about twenty-five. But um, wow! Yeah, it gets good mileage. It's a great engine. I really like the thing. And um, but you know, for that kind, of, and about every other week is what I when I fill that thing up usually. And it's it's if I do it weekly, it's about a quarter of a tank, and it's about twenty-five dollars every time. Um, time to start riding them horses. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm thanking the Lord for uh, Hyperverse. If it wasn't for that, I'd really be hurting right now. <laughs> but I can I can just transfer stuff over to my uh, my 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 Visa card, and I can gas up all day long with that puppy. Uh, but, if you know, there's a lot of folks out there that don't have that, and, man, I'll tell you what, they're feeling the pinch, there's no doubt. And I see the lines at Costco a whole lot longer than they used to be. Back in the old days, you know, six months ago even, people would go wherever to get gas. Now people are going out of their way to go to Costco because it's usually between 25 and 50 cents a gallon less than most of the other places in the area. So they're 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 getting memberships and whatnot just so they can get gas. Um, We're over $5. Yeah. Hey, okay. Jim. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Gary. We're at four nineteen for gas and five thirty nine for diesel here in Montana. It's interesting. It's a bigger spread. You know, 
uh, you're less on regular and uh, and and about the same as far as diesel goes. You know, uh, I like I said, four eight four seventy nine four eighty nine is pretty much normal for for regular gas here, uh, and you're at four nineteen, but your uh, diesel is right about the same. And I, they're just they're trying to price the truckers to you know getting them to stop yeah, driving. I think. Well, too, but up here there's a lot of people that run diesel trucks up here, just oh, regular yeah. diesel pickup trucks. I can imagine. And it's it because a lot of these ranches and stuff have to haul big loads, hay, mm-hmm. and their cattle and stuff. Right. In, but in California, it's over six right now, and gas is probably over five. I, but there's also that fluid that they have to run in these trucks, which they say there's a big, uh, all the modern trucks won't run at all without that, uh, that fluid that they have to add. Trucks, Samuel, it's all the new farm equipment. Your tractors, your combines, all that have to have that DEF. And that CK Industries down in Texas that's squeezing the fertilizer industry, Guess what? They're one of the largest makers of DEF in the United States. Isn't that special? <laughs> yeah, well, my understanding is that is basically like made from fertilizer or what have you. The chemistry of it is very close to an ammonia or something like that, I guess. Yeah. But I, thought just, it was, uh, I, I thought it was cow piss. So anyway, they're squeezing, they're squeezing everybody every which way because the modern vehicles, the modern tractors, semis, mm-hmm. diesel engines, and pickups, none of them run without that DEF. Really? And then, yeah, and then the EPA coming out, <coughs> excuse me, the EPA come out, uh, I think it was two years ago, and said it was a $125,000 fine if they caught your diesel engine without that uh convert you know if you converted it to run without it which you can but if they catch it, it's a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar fine <laughs> of course and here and here's another thing that's going on with the you know this right to repair now i think massachusetts uh put forth uh an act the right to repair your own vehicles uh because these manufacturers are actually trying to push it where you can't work on your own vehicle you have to take it back to the dealer yeah uh and now, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure that you all out in Montana have heard about what's going on with the, the tractors, man. You know, like John Deere and all this, they're doing the same kind of thing. They got such high technology in there. You can't, you can't fix it yourself. The farmers can't fix it themselves. And then it, can you imagine what it costs to get it done by the dealer? I mean, and, and then you have to, and I've, I've even seen uh, videos where they have to haul their tractor into the dealer. I mean, you know, and they have to put it on a trailer and haul it in. I mean, we're talking, and we're talking about big ass tractors out there in the, you know, in the, where they're making crops and stuff. I mean, they, you know, those super, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Multiple. I mean, I can't even imagine now what they're, how big they are. They're huge, you know. So we're, you know, this is all by design. It's like ridiculous, man. It's just like. Yeah, I just ran regular, uh, regular diesel in my my John Deere that I bought in 2015, but it's. It's just a, it's a mid-size, I guess you could call it, you know, but uh, a thirty thirty-three, but it's a it's a nice tractor. It does what I need on my property, but um, I bought it brand new, and thank goodness it's just a basic tractor, and I put regular diesel in it, and I don't have to add anything else. Uh, 
and it runs great. <laughs> but how, how much would you like to bet that within every well modern uh, vehicle, gas or diesel, that there's a computer in there that can probably be shut down by a satellite in a heartbeat? Oh yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I know most cars do. You know, they all have. Uh, there's you know there's stuff along the freeways and even in you know Columbus I've seen things on regular poles in residential areas that look like the same kind of thing this it's a it's an antenna designed to send an EMP to down towards the cars and shut you off and uh, that's why I'm gonna definitely I want to get into checking out those um, uh, what do they call it EMP shields to um, protect my vehicles and my uh, home electrical system and everything uh you know for a couple 300 bucks or whatnot per per device you know i think it'd be well worth it say sam is your is your you said you had a, a Datsun with the diesel in it right yep so now is that mechanical fuel pump or does it is it a it was a because that was probably what what year is yours like early 80s mid 80s 82 it's got a mechanical everything except it's got one circuit board in it that controls the on off start mode on the fuel system to the engine and i gotta figure out i'm gonna try to build a push pull cable where uh it's got, basically it's got off on and run and i've got to be able to somehow override that in case that board is fried or it fails because uh it would have to be repaired by uh, electronic shop if if a trace gets messed up or something because I'm not going to find one. Parts. I just had a starter go out, and it, the starter motor was in excellent shape. It was the solenoid, and I went to get the solenoid, and uh, I got the right one that's supposed to go to the car, but the starter was already replaced, so that didn't fit. And finally, after I wasted a week, uh, I found one at Parts Geek out of the Bronx. So it takes almost a week to get the part, and that's on the way. But uh, <laughs> it's a challenge. Uh, but, the, you know, the state of California makes it very lucrative to turn in your old stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'll give you 5000 bucks, 1500 bucks to crush it and get rid of it because i don't think they want these other older vehicles around just just because they're easy to work on and no computers etc yep yeah that was by design the cash for clunkers program i i oh, saw yeah. it when it, you know it's like well what are they doing they're getting rid of the old technology and like if we need you know some people just have to have those bells and whistles as if that new technology that high technology gives you oh maybe a couple of gallons more per mile per gallon efficiency it ain't worth it because i i saw it i said well they're just taking away the ability to repair your own stuff mm -hmm. i mean you know give me a car that starts and runs down the road or a truck that starts and runs down the road and if it, you know you know if you, your fuel pump goes out you, you open the hood it's a straight six you take it off and 15 bucks later you got a new fuel pump and it keep on going i'm telling you man so yeah, so if you find, my, if you find if you, about as simple as it gets, and it gets 40 miles to the gallon, diesel. And uh, diesel used to be cheap, of course, now it's more than gas, but still, it doesn't hurt me too much to pay, you know, for what I put maybe six to eight gallons in almost to fill the tank. And uh, is, your, uh, is yours a king cab? 
Well, yeah, that's what they call it. You can yeah, st yeah. Stick, stick a munchkin back there. <laughs> yeah, and by by the way, by the way, back in, when they were Datsun trucks, man, those pickup little little bitty pickup trucks. I remember we had this. He was a realtor. He was a like helped my father with a lot of finding properties and stuff. This guy had this little Datsun. I mean to tell you, he tested the heck out of that. He built. He pulled several tons, and that was the gasoline motor. I mean those 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 dots, man. You got something going there. So hang on tight, but that one, man. Don't let it go. Well, they say this engine can get this diesel engine variety can get five hundred thousand to a million miles. And I've seen one in Alabama. The guy was going to sell it for I don't know what he wanted for it. I I just didn't want to pay the shipping and get it here because I do need a parts car. But it had a million miles on it, and he didn't want to replace the clutch. Wow. So and a local when I when I got this thing it had sat for 16 years, and the first thing I did is had the injectors taken out and I wanted to have them rebuilt and I send them down to the rebuilder and the rebuilder says oh you you got one of those trucks that's cool, I says yeah there are not too many of them around she says oh yeah we used to have two as delivery trucks, <laughs> I says well how much how many miles did they get and she said eight hundred thousand each, so. That's one of the reasons I'm putting up with, well, I know guys with, you know, 2007 Hondas that can't get parts. So it's not like getting parts is <laughs> a phenomenon for just an old vehicle, you know? So, Yeah, I, I think I mentioned before, I don't know if it was on this group, uh, but about because I've got a friend who's uh, originally from El Cajon, and then uh, his family moved, uh, you know, uh, out to Missouri. And then we, it's where we met and he was several, he was a couple grades ahead of me. We, we, we hung out together. We played football and all that, but now, and he became a, a technician and then he got his, had built his own garage and then he got a dealer's license, but then things started going down. So then he went back out to California and now he's tending yachts in San Diego. Now I've never been to San Diego, but I'd, I'd say there's probably wall to wall yachts. As far as you can see, they, there's probably a beautiful Marina with all those, all those yachts, but he's a, uh, so I've talked to him recently and, I said, well, what about parts availability? I said, technical, high tech? He says, can't find it. I said, what about mechanical? Hard to find. He says, there's trucks broken down on the road. You know, big, the 18 wheelers can't, you know, they, you know, they get, they get stuck because they can't, they you can't get the part. I mean, come on. Just like ridiculous. Man. Just So, uh, yeah, hang on tight. To, old technology is the one to find if we can find it. And that's exactly what they're trying to do is just, you know, stop everything one bit at a time and make sure that nobody can get what they need to fix their own stuff. You can't, you know, basically they're just trying to shut it all down. Did you see the news report in Paris that they had to um, park all their new electric buses because two exploded? And I mean, the explosion was massive. I'm surprised and, they even um, put that. So out. they're they're right now currently parked. So those fires are pretty horrendous, horrifying. Oh, I can imagine. Those things are big to start with, and there's there's a lot there to burn. Yeah, well, they, yeah. When they the battery, when they start the battery, the battery packet, the, the amp hour. Uh, <laughs> clump of energy that's there right. if that shorts out man mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to be around it nope yeah we're talking about a super incendiary device i mean it's like a i mean for real it, it, it consumes itself and like you know it's just uh 
and thank you for posting that, Natasha, because I I was shocked at that. Uh, she because she posted the pictures of those buses in in France that had just just caught fire. That you know the Savile Blue just started sizzling. I've seen photos of a couple of the Teslas that that caught on fire, and there's a little hole in the in the concrete, you know, or, or the pavement, you know. Man. And then they get the fires out on a lot of these things. And they get um, the burnt vehicle up onto a trailer to take it somewhere, and the thing will reignite. Yeah, burn right, probably, but burn right through the trailer. You know, man. I don't think they've quite got the technology down on those things. be fun to have one as long as i could park it in somebody else's garage <laughs> and uh have a warning system when it was going to blow up so i could park it and get out of the way real quick they are fun to drive i'll say that <laughs> throw you right back in the seat well let's see here Trying to see if there's anything else news-related. Bill Gates has uh, dreamed to control the planet through World Health Organizations becoming closer to reality. Good grief. That sucker. I don't you know, know if he I... tried to He tried to get um, right. nation status on the United Nations. You know, because he's... He sits among the leaders of the nations that um, govern within the United Nations, and he tried to get nation status. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of time before they give it to him, I'm sure. Uh, that guy, hes I honestly believe hes he could be more dangerous than Soros. You know, if I had a choice... It'd be tough if if I if, if I could shoot to the left and get him, or shoot to the right and get Soros, <laughs> and I only had one shot. It'd be tough as to which one to pull the trigger on. <laughs> now I was reading that um, historically, it's the CIA that's behind um, Klaus Schwab yeah. and Klaus Schwab being introduced to Kissinger years past. And then this whole um, organization started from that. And there was a few other people whose names aren't as well known. Yeah. But apparently, from what I was reading, um, the CIA quote was behind it, or is still behind it. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. They definitely have a hand in things. Yeah. Yeah. There's some sick SOBs running that bunch. Oof. And I only bring that up because we tend to say the names, you know, of an individual versus right. the hand behind They're them. They're usually the puppet. The agency behind them, or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wasn't, wasn't the, uh, in the, the origin of the CIA was OSS? Yeah. And was OSS connected with the Frankfurt School? I think something tells me they were. Don't know. Wouldn't surprise me. Wild you have to Bill. ask Mike tomorrow. Wild Bill. 
while Bill was uh, FDR's roommate uh, in college. Bill Gates. What's that? What's that, Brent? Wild Bill Donovan was oh. FDR's roommate in college. Okay. Hmm. Man. Yeah, people don't know the the Frankfurt School. I looked this up a short time ago. Frankfurt School started in 1918. Get that. 1918. Fun, fun, fun. Oh, man. Stop the world. So I want to, me uh, off. Sorry, let me interrupt you. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring up something about, uh, I've, I've chatted with uh, Nastasha about this. Uh, and I found out from a fellow veteran who we talked about this because uh, I recently found a job lead that pays very, very well. And I'm very qualified for it. However, at the very bottom, vaccinations required. So I remember when, uh, what's his name? Funny face was pushing that uh, companies over 100 with over 100 employees would have to take the vaccination. But then my friend told me, he said, no, that didn't go through or it dropped or whatever. So what's what's the latest word about that? And, and I, I don't know. Corporations forcing us to take a vaccine if we want, if we're going to get become employed, and and that's a never-ending trail. That's the you know the update, the booster, the whatever. So any any word on that from anyone? Well, the Supremes shot down the um, government mandate for OSHA, but they upheld the one for CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicare and Medicaid Service. But as far as individual companies, they can still require whatever they want unless you happen to be in a state that is saying no like mississippi just passed one that you know they can't nobody can require injections for the, for employment or anything but it basically at this point it falls to the state uh to say no otherwise the individual businesses can do still do whatever they want and okay, they so have to the, comply the, with federal law so you know, it, okay, so federal it, law still gives you the option of um, uh, doing a uh, religious exemption and that kind of thing. So you have that as an out, um, provided you, you know, basically fit that. But, uh, and again... There's another out, per se, um, and it's, even though the um, EEOC is part of the game... Um, somebody sent me a recording of this gentleman and he actually provides the details, the American disabilities act. And this is what my employer did. Um, they, they're actually claiming that you have a disability because you did not take the injection that you you are putting other people at risk and therefore we can't have you here. Um, since everybody else has taken the injection and so the American, so actually when the company is doing that, and actually the company is breaking multiple laws mm -hmm. that it, it's not legal what they are doing. It's unlawful, it's coercion, everything else. But um, they're accepting money for it. But anyway, but under the American Disabilities Act, they're the ones who are claiming that you have a disability. So actually 
um, you file a claim with the American Disabilities Act, I mean, the American Disabilities EEOC, and I think you do it on the federal, not the state level. Um, I have to listen to it again. But um, so when you start going through the interview process, when they call you and, and the EEOC asks you, well, do you have a doctor's notice, blah, blah, blah. It's actually the employer that has the proof of burden on their part. They're the ones claiming you have the disability. So they're actually using the ADA, but yet they're actually flipping it and misusing it. Yeah, that's illegal. Yeah. yeah. And if... so um, so there's, there's a whole process there where a person would ultimately get a year's salary you know, versus nothing. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah. So anyway, that's another option to look at. And yeah. I have the link to this guy who's been using it quite effectively, though he said that because the EOC is part of the game, you know, they try to put you off and put you off. So it can take quite a while. But, um, but the burden of the proof is on the employer. Now, let me read what I carry. I've got a card that I carry in my pocket. It says, direct threat, legal definition. There is no evidence that I am a direct threat to the health and safety of your business or anything else for that matter. According to Title III of the U.S. Civil Rights Act, Section 36.208, in determining whether an individual poses a direct threat to the health and safety of others, a public accommodation, or in this case your business, must make an individualized assessment based on reasonable judgment that relies on current medical knowledge or the best available objective evidence. They can't just label you a threat because you haven't had a shot. They have to prove that you're actually someone who can be a threat to somebody else. Absent a court order of quarantine or isolation, there's no medical evidence that I am a threat to the health, of, uh, to the health and safety of your business. Innocent until proven guilty in the U.S., therefore my right to uh, equal access, is so on and so forth. So that, And that's something you can download from the healthyamerican.org. Um, uh, what's her chops? Uh, oh. well, I, in my letter, I had noticed that I was not a threat. And, um, and that actually I was willing to take on the risk of being around people who had yeah. taken the injection that I that there was plenty of proof in, in that regard. Yeah, they can't but, just um, assume that you're a threat or label no, you as one no. without without proof. Right. But you can use the ADA. There's some people that have, with all the wonderful work that Peggy does, Peggy and, I, and I love Peggy, and there's times we've communicated between each other, um, so I'm not dissing all the wonderful work that she's done, but there is this piece with the ADA and I'm glad to hear she's mentioning it now. But there is, you can go through the ADA itself without even doing um, a, quote, standing on your right to exemption. Yeah. yeah. And it even, it even says, whoops, in uh, Title Seven, same thing. They have to prove, they can't just assume you're a threat. And you have a right to, uh, you know, religious exemption. You have a right to, you know, just because of civil rights acts, uh, access to employment, businesses, whatnot, regardless. And it's your choice. 
and they have to prove objectively that you're a threat. They can't just assume it. And um, But the trouble is, you know, they, they're basically doing things because the vast majority of people will just let it go. And until people stand up and hold their feet to the fire and stick it in and break it off, um, they'll keep doing it. And that's, that's the whole thing, you know. And you have to wonder whether is this job really worth it. <laughs> and, and, you know, when it's all said and done, you got to balance everything out. But if you can break it off in them and get the, you know, and usually with EEOC, if you've got the law on your side, they're going to rule on your side. And the business or whoever it is is going to end up having to hire you, give you back pay and any anything that would be due to you, you're going to get, which is uh, could be worth it. So, well, yeah, uh, on, on that note of the, the Mississippi passing or any individual state, but this is a corporation uh, and uh, it has to do with uh, it basically a, um, a technician uh, where you go and diagnose and, and then uh, fix the stuff out in the field. Uh, but still, if, if the and, state where that business is domiciled has a, has a law, then they have to comply with it. You know, if that state was in Mississippi, they wouldn't be able to require you to have an injection. Bottom line. Okay, so 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 the corporation would have to be headquartered in the state or founded in the state. Yeah, it's wherever they're incorporated or operating. Okay. You know, they could be incorporated somewhere else, but if they have, say, they're incorporated in in Texas, but they have an office in Mississippi, they've got to comply with Mississippi laws in that office in Mississippi. Right. Well, and here's the other part of this. The other part of this is requires travel, and it might be even outside of the country, which either Canada or Mexico, to, uh, uh, you know, to. So that may be where they they bring it up and say, well, in order to go across the border, you're going to have to have the vaccine. I, I mean, is is Canada requiring a vaccine to go across to go into Canada? I don't I think know, they are. But I know the U.S. is pretty much requiring it to get back into the U.S. From what I've seen. Uh, Except it, unless, unless you've got you're national in, status, and then you've got to argue it with them at the border, which is going to be difficult. Unless you're an invader, right? One of those mm -hmm. uh, yeah, free, yeah. You, free for all invaders. Basically, when you leave, you come back across the Rio Grande, and then you get in free, <laughs> and you get all kinds of benefits besides. Well, it's interesting because um, a lot of people traveling here from other countries, apart from... Um, those who are coming in illegally, people who are flying in, they are being required to have an injection. And um, which kind of surprises me because they're not under our jurist, you know, they're not under the U.S. jurisdiction, just like those who are coming over illegally, they're not under U.S. jurisdiction. That's why they're going to try to get them to take those injections when they start applying for benefits. Um, they'll, that's what they did with the refugees coming in from Af Afghanistan. But as far as coming across the border illegally, um, no, they're not required to take it because they're not under this jurisdiction. Basically, so they don't the care about jurisdiction. They end, care about but... voters. You know, the people that are trying to come in legally, they're going to get them because that person will follow the law, so to speak, or what they think is the law. 
oh yeah, you got to have a shot to come in. Okay, we'll take the shot. But when someone's invading you, <laughs> they, uh, they, they basically are let in because they're going to become Democratic voters so they can do whatever they want. That's the difference. Uh, five minutes. Anybody else got anything? Yeah, I, I mentioned it the other day. There's, we got this guy in the state trying to split the state called Paul Preston. And uh, he has alluded to the to this statement several different ways over the years that this, the, the, the people running the state at the highest levels are working with the Chinese government and the drug cartels in South America to you know on this state so there's that you know um and i he's probably right yep. lewis did you have something uh can you hear me yeah Tim? go ahead yeah yeah sorry uh I, I i'm wondering if they will require nationals to be vaccinated uh uh coming across the border they can't be- Right, because they, they, when I went in, the whole thing with the passport issue, and I went in uh, to the, uh, when I called about it, they told me they couldn't ask my status, ask my status about vaccination. Mm-hmm. I was told by the, the hierarchy in the passport office. They specifically told me that. So I'm wondering, I mean, I suppose I could refuse your entry. No, but I, I'm not sure. I'd like to do some more traveling, but I'm afraid of that, actually. Yeah, I uh, I honestly don't know because I haven't traveled outside the country since this all started, and especially since they started using the jabs. I've heard different things about, you know, different people coming in via different modes, whether it's by air travel, by foot, by, by sea. And uh, apparently it depends on where you're coming in at and the mode of travel that you're involved with. They have different rules for different people at different times. And um, my bottom line is if I was outside the country, I'd say, look, I'm a U.S. national. Those things, don't, number one, there's no law to start with. You cannot require me to do this, period. And uh, call the Secretary of State, tell them to dig into the records if you got to. But I'm not going anywhere, and you're not going to make me take one of these things. And I'm not quarantining or anything else either. But I guess that I've been under the impression, uh, uh, I, I, in, a, in total agreement with you, Jim, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, I don't want to be belligerent unless I need to be type of thing. Well, you know, as Judge Learned Hand said, unless you're a belligerent claimant of your rights, <laughs> you have none. <laughs> so that's, that's the problem. Um, sometimes that's all they understand. And then, of course, other times... If you do that, then it causes things to escalate. You're, you're right. There's it's a it's a it's a crapshoot, and you never know for sure how far to go and how much to do and how much to push and how much not to. Um, and that's again, that's one of the things I coined this phrase years and years and years ago. It's dangerous to be right when the government is wrong. Period. And it's an unfortunate situation, but it's one that we're going to be dealing with much much more as time goes on. I think they're going to be tightening the screws and especially for people like us, you know, the, the sheeple, that's, that's, 
you know, yeah, that's gonna, what I'm afraid of. Gonna they're going to make it more and more difficult moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just got from Florida and I did notice my green card and I did also notice mine was also stamped you know, the re- return green card that I got that it was in the in the diplomatic mailbag. I noticed that along with some other stuff. Now I'm, I'm going to continue with my my affidavits going on notice. But, uh, yeah, I just got back, so I noticed that as well. You mean your, uh, the return receipt from your certified yep. mail? Yep, yep. It was on mine, too, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, and, I mean, I did mine just be, just before the end of last year, like on the 31st or the 30th or something like that, we mailed it out, you know, at the last minute, right? Yep. We specifically did that. And um, so, yeah, I did notice that. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. They're, they're never going to get that shot into me. No. But, uh, you know, because I've had allergic reactions to vaccines, you know, so I, I could never have that, right? Yeah. Well, we are just about out of time. My goodness, it's been an interesting conversation today. And I thank everybody for being here. Got, uh, goodness gracious, well, just dipped under 30. We've had almost uh, the whole show, over 30-some people in here. And now we're back up. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Appreciate everybody being here. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. We'll be back tomorrow with Mike Gaddy. Uh, haven't heard from him, so it'll be a surprise. Uh, that's going to be the usual thing now, I think, with his all the extra shows he's doing. He doesn't have time to refer. But anyway, we'll see what it is tomorrow. Take care. God bless. And we will see you soon. Have a good one.